R. James, and I'm one of the ministers at High Point. And uh, today, before I get into the word, I really wanted to take this opportunity to appreciate the church for being truly missional. You have become the hands and feet of Jesus to the people in India, Dominican Republic, and around the world. And a big shout out to you. So I really wanted to, is my, this thing is on? All right, so, all right, so in India, several hundreds of pastors have gone without food for days because they did not have any sort of income for seven months. So we were able to help those people get through the season. And also we helped more than 1,000 families with food supplies and other necessities so that they could survive. In fact, millions of Indians have been pushed into utter poverty because of COVID crisis. And the United Nations thinks there'll be at least half a billion people who would, who would be gone into a dire poverty this year or in the year to come. So I just wanted to say a big thank you to you for being a missional church, but I wanted to say what some other people say in India. Um, we have received really hundreds of thank you notes, but this is one of those thank you notes which says, for three days, this monitor is not on for me. Uh, for three days, my wife, our two children, and I hadn't eaten anything in this crucial, critical moment, you sent us a large gift to bless our family. Our joy has no limits. We are immensely thankful for this timely help. It's a pastor. And it's not uh, to me that thank you. The thank you is to you all for coming alongside and touching the lives. So a big shout out to you again. And we can't ask you for more. Well. Now let's turn to God's word. And we have been studying the book of Nehemiah and uh, learning how to sustain our spiritual life and flourish in the midst of opposition, suffering, and difficult times. This morning, I would like to take you around the world and show you what it means to be a true Christian in the places where Christians are constantly harassed, raped, kidnapped, physically tortured, imprisoned, separated from families, hung on the iron rods, iron poles, beaten to death, burned alive, just because they are the followers of Jesus. In fact, Acts chapter 28 is being expanded beyond chapter 28 in those places. So as you hear this message today, sometimes you may not be able to relate with what I'm saying because you are not familiar with that kind of violent persecution in this part of the world. 
But when you hear how people are going through pain just because they embrace Jesus, your heart will melt. So fasten your seatbelts and listen to what God wants to tell you this morning. Mi esposa estaba predicando el evangelio al aire libre. Vinieron los guerrilleros, se lo llevaron a la selva y le dispararon. Tôi bị cái đám tám năm tù về tội phổ biến kinh thánh và những tài liệu họ cho rằng có phương hại tới an ninh quốc gia. My father called me and he gave me two options, either to leave Jesus or to leave the family. My belief in Jesus is much stronger than any other relation that I have got. That's why I quit everything and kept Jesus. When I became a Christian, my village turned against me. I no longer belong. But I continue to worship Jesus. And many others believe. But they always found out. And this world has no mercy. get the following Jesus this I never thought they would take my husband and the father of my children but God ways are not our ways The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. 
we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So what you have seen right now is the tip of an iceberg. Today there are 260 million people in the world who are going through high levels of persecution. And it has increased by 6% since last year. That means 15 million more people are persecuted this year for their faith. In the last year alone, over 9,000 church buildings and Christian institutions were attacked. And over 3,700 believers were imprisoned and about 3,000 people were killed for their faith. That means that's about 8 to 11 people a day are dying for the sake of Jesus. And Open Doors says that Probably every five minutes, one Christian is being killed for his faith. And most of these killings are happening in this location of the world called 1040 window, where 90% of the non-Christian believers, the non-Christian members, or non-Christian or unreached people groups live. And this is the place where most of the persecution is taking place. And in fact, as Paul tells in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the God of this age has blinded the eyes of those people that they cannot see the light of the gospel. So tens of thousands of people suffer every day in that location. And I'm telling you literally, Tens of thousands of people have not seen their spouses and their children in years because they are either in chains or in the concentration camps. Friends, we are so blessed to have a tremendous religious freedom, liberty to worship freely without any fear and exercise our faith. But in many parts of the world, it is so hard to just carry the name of being a Christian itself. Religious freedom is a concept of the majority and a strange phenomenon for the minority. Have you ever thought why people in that location are being persecuted. I know some of you are thinking, yeah, they have a bad political system. I know some of you think they have a bad culture, evil practices. I know some of you are thinking they have a xenophobic realities that continue to contribute to the persecution of the church. Yes, true. It really 
contributes to the persecution of the Christians, but those are not the concrete reasons for the persecution, as you and I sometimes think. But they are persecuted for three major reasons I'm going to talk about today. First, they are persecuted because they are committed followers of Jesus. They are bold Christians. They are not cold Christians. Remember that. This man here, you see, can you forward this for me? Okay. This man, his name is Samaru. He was killed just three months ago in India. He was picked up from his home by a mob who took him. They tortured him badly. They took knives and cut his body. And they smashed his head against a stone. And they slit his throat before they buried him in an isolation location. Why he had to go through this horrible, heinous death? Because a few months ago, an anti-Christian mob came into his village and picked up his pastor and threatened him that they're going to kill him if he does not stop preaching about Jesus in that location. They want to shut down the whole ministry in that area. And this young man stood up to them and said, if anything happens to my pastor, I will not fear. I will take charge of the pastoral work and will serve the Lord until my last breath. That is the dedication that took his life away. In the last four months, there were about four killings in India just because they all are so committed, passionate Christians, they cannot leave their faith at the hands of anti-Christians, even at the gunpoint, even when their houses are burned. Since the beginning of this year, there were about 450 incidents in India alone against churches and Christians who are faithfully serving the Lord. A pastor in India may go out to pray for a member of a church or preach gospel in the street and his wife and his children back home do not know that their dad or her husband would come back home safe. That is the situation for many people. And those people who are putting their lives for the sake of Jesus do not know theology, I'm telling you. But they know Jesus so intimately and they experience him on a daily basis. You know what? When they get persecuted, they are given several, several opportunities to deny Jesus, get back home happily, and live with family happily. But they say, we have given our life to Jesus, and we do not care the things of the world that are so temporary. We will not give up. 
Jesus for anything. And they consider suffering as part of Christian identity. In John chapter 15, verses 18 to 19, Jesus said, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. This is why the whole world hates you. I have chosen you. Look at that. So they take that to their heart. And they think they are suffering for the Lord. Not because they are expecting something. They are feeling proud to suffer or share in the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they do not see suffering as a punishment or a curse. They see suffering as a blessing. Jesus enlisted in Beatitudes the suffering and persecution and most of us don't even come to that point we end prior to that this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verses 11 and 12 blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven most of us in this comfort zone, delist persecution and suffering from the list of beatitudes. We love the rest. Blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are this, blessed are that. We delist this last part because we don't want. That's the only option left for these people in many countries of the world. The only thing they see as a blessed thing is to suffer for the Lord. That is why the Lord is honoring them and they see it as an honor to suffer for the Lord and they don't see it as a shame or punishment. And they live their lives with eternity in their eyes. Let me repeat that. They live their lives with eternity in their eyes. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus said, for who, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Most of those persecuted Christians live one day at a time. They have no plans the way we do here. I'm not saying planning is bad. Don't misunderstand me. Many of them live in poverty, but they're rich in spirituality. They refuse to do anything that dishonors their king, even if that pays them a million dollars. For a Christian to live in such kind of world settings, it is so hard. A Christian constructor may not be able to work in the construction of a temple. He may refuse it, and that would cost his life. A Christian school teacher may not glorify false teachers or false gods in front of their students. In the school, that might cost them job. Some of the Christian neighbors celebrate pagan festivals when these Christians don't involve with them in those festivals. They might persecute them. They live in their own countries, but as sojourners. They fulfill their duties as citizens, but they suffer as foreigners. 
because they live their lives with eternity in their eyes. Our level of commitment to follow Jesus comes from our absolute surrender to what Jesus said their disciples to do, which we see in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Whoever wants to follow me, whoever wants to be my disciple, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. It's a daily thing to decide if you wanted to follow Jesus. And the persecuted Christians take these words so seriously in those nations. Second, the reason they are persecuted is because they have chosen to live a godly life, not a comfortable Christian life. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus will be persecuted. Now listen to this. If anybody wants, it's a kind of choice you make. It's a choice you make. Nobody is going to push that choice on you, including Jesus or the church or a pastor or a missionary. And don't ever feel compelled. It is your choice to live the way God wants you to live for his glory. That's why Jesus said in 1 John, John said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. Look at this, how tough it is to even understand. Do not love the world or anything in the world. We don't love the world, but we love so many things in the world. Sometimes being Christians, and he says, if anyone loves the world, love of the Father is not in them. Millions of people are persecuted in the rest of the world because they chose to live that way. They chose to live a godly life. But also I wanted to make this point clear with you. Not everyone in many parts of those persecuted countries is not perse is persecuted. Not everyone is persecuted. I want to tell you that. Why do you think that? Because they use intellectual creativity to compromise with the world like we do or some of us do and then they don't ever get persecuted. In India, we have some phenomenon called churchless Christianity. We have hundreds of thousands of followers of Jesus who are not connected to the church. They live like Hindus, they go to temples, and they do celebrate all festivals, and they do all sorts of traditional things, but they say they are living for Jesus and they accepted Jesus. They don't even opt for baptism, but they claim they are followers of Jesus and they pray to Jesus. Similarly, in Muslim countries, there are 
so many hundreds of thousands of Muslims who call themselves Christians. We call them MBBS, Muslim background believers. These people go to mosques, but they worship Jesus, not Allah. They live as Muslims, but inside they feel like they are the followers of Jesus. They do not want to discard their social religious affiliation, either for the sake of comfortable life in the society or in the fear of persecution. And they say, it is Jesus who saves us, it is not the church. And of course it is partially true, but is that the biblical way that we need to understand? Are we asked to live a secret missional life in this world? In Matthew chapter 10 verse 32, Jesus said to them, Jesus really wants to make clear to those disciples who were aimlessly following him. He said to them, if you do not confess me before others, I will not confess you before my Father in heaven. When Jesus warned his disciples about the upcoming persecution, he gave them a charge, a missional calling in Matthew chapter 5. He said to them to be salt and light. And he expanded that to them saying, you must shine your light by burning, not these halogen bulbs, I mean, the light through electricity. He meant a lamp or a candle kind of concept. It, it gives light by, by burning, right? And he tells, do not hide it under anything. So, friends, we, we, we have to literally give ourselves to the work of the Lord publicly. And think about uh, Joseph Nadarkhani, and he is from uh, Iran. He would not compromise with what his country tells. In fact, children, Christian children, or every ch child in that country is taught to read Quran and pray to Allah in the schools. And now here, this man does not compromise. He does not want his children to go in one way and uh, parents go in another way. He does not want to compromise. And he's still in prison for that purpose. And a few weeks ago, and this man was, you, you know what, what do you call them, lashes? He received 80 lashes just because he drank wine as part of communion. It is the second time he's, he received lashes. And he was in jail for two years. Let me move on. I, my time is running out. And the third thing is that they are great commission Christians. We need to understand that they are not persecuted just for other reasons, but they are great commission Christians. You know how China has been cracking down the Christians in that part of the world. There are 60 to 90 million secret believers in that part of the world, and all of these people are going through persecution, and they are under the surveillance of 415 million cameras with software embedded into it that would recognize the faces. And this man, this man explained how the persecution in, India, in, in China happens. They hung me up across on an iron gate. 
Then they yanked open the gate and my whole body lifted until my chest nearly split into two. I hung like that for four hours. But now my question here is, if these people are secret Christians, and how would China experience an explosion of missions with five to 10,000 people coming to Jesus every day? They are great commission believers. In fact, just three weeks ago, there were two pastors who were taken by police and they kept them for 10 days of interrogation just because they were distributing the tracts in the public. And there were 300 of them just beginning of, from beginning of this year until now. 300 of them arrested because they were on the streets. We call them sacred believers, but they are great commission believers. That's the reason church is exploding in that part of the world. If you go to North Korea, a totalitarian regime which persecutes people just for possessing a Bible and Christians are imprisoned constantly and tortured and shot dead, yet people are great commission Christians. And in fact, there was another man who was killed before 3,000 people just three weeks ago because he was possessing a Bible. Knowing all these things, there were people who still smuggled the pages of the Bible because they are dying without Christ. So how do they handle persecution? They praise God joyfully. They do not complain. They ponder on the word of God regularly and they preach the word consistently and they preach. They pray unceasingly. So what it means to us, because my time is running, I really wanted to give you a challenge. I'm not going to ask you as typically every preacher asks, pray for the persecuted church, give donations. That's not what I want to do this morning. All I wanted to ask you is, what is that we are missing in our commitment to follow Jesus? If that is not the persecution right here in this country. Do you know at the beginning of the 20th century, the center of Christianity was located in the West with 70% of global believers living in the West. But the, by the turn of 21st century, it has dropped to 28%. It shrank to 28%, not because of persecution. Because of lack of commitment, lack of godly living, lack of being the Great Commission Christians. And in fact, I read an article recently, 52% of Americans say that Jesus isn't God. One third of the evangelicals do not believe in the divinity of God at all. In this country, I'm talking, I'm just challenging you. These statistics tell us that where we are heading to as Christians, and in fact, the scholars think from the beginning of the church until now, there could have been 70 million Christian killings in the world, but half of those martyrs or martyrdoms happened in the last 100 years. Just in the last 100 years, Christianity in the West has gone down because they do not experience persecution anymore. They are living a comfortable life. They have become not living sacrifices, but living vegetables. I'm just challenging you today. And during this 100 years, just last 100 years, the church has exploded in global south. 
because they are willing to pay the price they are willing to live a godly life they are willing to be great commission christians even being the underground church why what makes us to be so cold not bold for the lord even when we have religious freedom in this country when we have all that we needed technology music theology bible versions niv kjv hiv whatever you have tons of bible verses where is the commitment we have tens of you know verses of the bible where is our theology without action this is what uh, john piper said the very things that we think would uh, produce personal and energy and creative investment of time and money in the cause of christ and his kingdom instead produce again and again the exact opposite weakness apathy lethargy self-centeredness preoccupation with security friends i want to end this with this unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seed why we are not producing anymore why are we declining let me invite worship team to lead us into a song about 20 years ago when i decided to follow jesus i went to bible school every day i sang this song i have decided to follow jesus no turning back this is how we always thought wherever he leads me i will follow whatever he gives me i will swallow that's the way we decided and we all dispersed into the field i went to one of the toughest states in india called himachal pradesh where i was beaten i was put against a, a pole in a bus stand and a mob of eight people held me burned cigarettes on my hands took rods and beat me until i didn't know what happened they thought they killed me but i'm here today not because of the three years theology i had but because of commitment i made to the lord when death even death will not separate me from the love of jesus this song still binds my heart with the heart of jesus would you all stand with me and sing this song in an attitude of dedication